I've had that goddamn Three's Company song stuck in my head all week. Come and knock on my door. I think we did that to a lot of people. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks, episode 125 for August 28th, 2015. I am Jason DeFilippo. And I'm sweating balls. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm actually Brian Schulmeister, but it is hot as hell and humid. It is miserable out here. I was expecting it to be really nice out by the beach. Uh, even by the beach, it's been pretty bad the past few days in L.A. This is, uh, this is uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm definitely regretting the decision to come do this with you in person today because I have central air. Mm, well, yeah. This is one of the uh, five days out of the year that we are very unhappy not to have that. Oh, man. Oh, well. Here we are. So we're, we're hot and angry. Very hot, very angry. Now, I, I just wanted to do a little follow-up on some things we talked about in the past. Okay. And that have just come recently full circle for me. Mm-hmm. Why does the web suck so much anymore? Well, nobody wants to pay for anything. Nobody does anything ambitious or interesting. And, uh, you know, even though it's the only method out there for promotion or anything anymore, uh, nobody just, really nobody cares. Pop-ups are back everywhere. Yep. Every website I go to has a subscribe to our email list. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, okay, we're going back to the, the 90s now. Let's go back to email because well, the web is sucking. I mean, that, that was a thing that was popping up even about two years ago. Remember when there was all those boutique-y, uh, cool, interesting shopping sites, that, that some of which made it into our, into our show a couple times because they have cool stuff, but they wouldn't even let you go into the site unless you had signed up with them. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a comeback with a vengeance because yep. everybody's picked up on it now. Yeah. If you don't have your email list, you've got nothing. Even though email lists are... Actually, email lists are <laughs> extraordinarily powerful, but um, UX, mm-hmm. UX on new sites yes. is some of the most ridiculous stuff I've ever seen. I don't understand. Well, I understand some of it because they want more page views yeah. and more ad impressions, mm-hmm. but we'll get to the ad stuff later. But it's <laughs> like everybody's given up and just says, eh, try it. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's one of two things are, is occurring. Yeah, they're, they're giving up and they're just like, let's make it as complicated as possible to increase what value we want out of things. Or they've given up in the sense of uh, why bother developing anything or paying someone to do something cool? Let's just have a Tumblr site. That'll work. Yeah, that's out there too. But, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just running into a lot of sites now where you go to an article, mm-hmm. and as you scroll down, yeah. it auto-loads the next article underneath so they can count that as a page view. Yeah, which is bullshit. It, that, that is fake metrics. Totally fake metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when I go to sites that have video now, they just won't stop. Even yeah. if you pause them, they will start back up after 30 seconds with sound. Yep. Oh, man. No, even I, I'm looking at my screen right now because I have a bunch of the articles open that just we're going to talk about in the intro, and I see uh, the little sound icon on four, to, four different ones. Uh-huh. It's just playing by itself, and I've, I tried to stop it earlier. They restarted. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I've had to go back and apologize to a couple of guests on a couple of shows this week because it would just start playing when I'm trying to do some research. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Well, when I saw you put in this, this little bit of a rant about, about why the web sucks, I, I responded with, uh, they aren't getting paid decent money to build anything good. Work is scarce, and God forbid you tell a client that what they want is wrong because you'll lose the, you'll lose the job. So on the developer side, we, I mean, I've been in this situation where I built something I 100% and completely disagree with just because I needed the money. I know, but a lot of these places are like, you know, big magazines that we're seeing and that's an in-house staff. So it's not even, I mean, you're coming from a contractor perspective, but this is like the in-house staff who should be making some of the greatest stuff. Like look at the in-house staff at Wired back in the day. They, even though they created the goddamn (laughs) ads that we were talking about, they at least tried to innovate and do fun stuff. And at least make the reading experience decent. But there's nothing in it for them now. They have to make money. Oh, yeah. And there's no way to make money on, with your website much anymore, as we'll get into in a little bit. No, like, yeah, because <laughs> they can't sell magazines anymore. No, no. Everything, every, everything is free, Jason. Everything, everything is, is free. free. And that's why it sucks. Except my rent. Exactly. Or the groceries or the beer we're drinking. Indeed. Uh, so, you know what else was free, though? <laughs> I know what you're going to say here. Apparently that permit that allowed Chloe Kardashian to uh, blow off a bunch of fireworks at midnight on a Tuesday night, waking up basically everyone on the fucking west side, all the babies, all the people that sleep, all the people that, you know, have to get up in the morning and work, something they don't really understand. Uh, 
This was just, this made me so angry. Yeah, because I thought you were going to say you got a free uh, fireworks show. <laughs> yeah, the free fireworks show would be great on a weekend or during a reasonable hour, starting at midnight and lasting 15 minutes long, which is an incredibly long time. Um, loud, 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 loud fireworks are blown off in, the Mar- in Marina del Rey right here in, uh, by Santa Monica uh, for, you know, a little birthday party for James Harden, Khloe Kardashian's boyfriend, and a bunch of people sitting on a yacht 100 feet out of the marina which is uh, coastal waters. So when we all tried to call and complain to the city of Santa Monica or uh, Marina del Rey, they threw up their hands and said, not us. All, all the, the Coast, Coast Guard. Guard. Yeah. And uh, the guy from the Coast Guard who got back to me was actually really nice, and he understood how this is kind of ridiculous and should never have happened. But unfortunately, they were given a permit to do so because they just had to prove safety. I don't think that they realized that these things going off at midnight would wake up every single baby on the west side and all the people that had to go to work in the morning. So talk about your one percenter bullshit assholes. Indeed. Because yeah. there's really not a whole lot between the marina and just about any place to baffle the sound. No, people, I had friends in Malibu that heard it. Uh, it was incredibly loud here. I had friends down in Redondo Beach that heard it. I had friends east of the 405 that heard it, uh, and it woke them up. The shit was loud. Like, b- these two idiots inconvenienced half of Los Angeles. Just because they could. Well, it's not and like, they didn't it's not think like, about it. They probably don't care because they're, they care. they're Kardashians. They don't exactly. care. They don't give a fuck about <laughs> us. Exactly. Oh, you little people. Look at the pretty lights. Yeah, I mean, in case you don't think there's an us and them. I mean, this perfectly exemplified it for almost all of Los Angeles on Tuesday night. So I'm going to crowdfund a 24-hour fireworks party for all of it Los Angeles, which will be centered over the Kardashian house. Uh, <laughs> I think I finally found a use for Kickstarter, Jason. There you go. <laughs> and another thing that came out this, this week that uh, just kind of exemplifies there, that people with money play by completely different rules, and, and it's a different world for them than it is for us. I'm not big on sports. I don't really know who Chris Carter is. Isn't that um, the guy that made the X-Files? That's the Chris Carter that you and I are aware of. Okay. There's another one. <laughs> And uh, he's, he's involved with football. He's an ESPN NFL analyst. I assume he played at some point or something like that. And he was speaking at the 2014 NFL Rookie Symposium. What did they, he say? Where they bring in the new players and they give him lessons in, you know, how you should conduct yourself. And normally that would involve, like, how about not doing anything stupid? Maybe save <laughs> your money, um, you know, because your, your NFL career isn't going to last forever. No, he talked about how you should have a fall guy in your crew to go to jail for you when you get caught doing stupid shit. Okay, so he's been watching that Ray Donovan show. Well, this just kind of tells you that this is how this stuff is for these players. Yeah. And they, they run around with their posses, and, it's, you know, this is probably good life advice for them, but it's a little fucking disgusting. It, it kind of is, yeah. Yeah. Yes, and when you're going to have hookers, leave your phone at home. Yeah, don't take, like don't take pictures of your hookers and make sure you have an idiot on your posse to go to jail for you. Yeah, he, this is like a mashup of Ballers and Ray Donovan. He, of course, then apologized for his statement because he was going to lose his plushy gig <laughs> paying him millions of dollars if he didn't. So it's one of those, I'm sorry, but I'm not really sorry, but I want to keep my job, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Where's your fall guy now? Huh? Exactly. Where's his fall guy? Exactly. Mm. So uh, speaking of cushy jobs, uh, mm. we were talking about working at Amazon last week. Yes. And uh, I, f- I found this on Medium. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's called, uh, I had a baby and cancer when I worked at Amazon. This is my story. Mm. That, yeah. That's not fun. No. Had her baby, you know, stuff went down. Sad story. She left. But the funny thing is, uh, more stories like this are coming out from people I know that worked at Amazon and had babies. This apparently is systemic. It's not even systemic just to Amazon. I have uh, many friends as well that have worked at other major companies. And uh, it's, yeah, basically uh, that whole women's right thing and that lean in stuff. Just don't have a baby. No. Because your company will not give an F about you. Well, we've got enough people anyway. Stop breeding. Oh, come on. (laughs) The problem with that, Jason, idiocracy. Smart people will hear that and go, we should probably scale back. Stupid people will have 17 kids, and the Kardashians will never stop. <laughs> yes, the, the law of idiocracy exactly. always comes back. Mm-hmm. So have you seen the new Banksy video? I, I did. Uh, I am a Banksy fan. I am a fan of this video as well. I think it's, he did something very interesting. My problem with it is, and I know this is going to come as a surprise because I'm grumpy and I'm angry and I don't like, Ugly, happily things. And you've got sweaty balls. 
And well, that, no, I've got these great underwear. If only Tommy John's would actually advertise with. But anyways, uh, you, you would be surprised, but I have such a soft spot in my heart for Disneyland because I grew up two blocks away from it. I hung out there. This, this just kind of bummed me out a little bit. I love Disneyland. Yeah, and they, the video is called Dismaland yes. and uh, the amusement park. <laughs> I think it's more of just a, uh, a commentary on yeah. the United States in general. Well, just culture and, yeah. and capitalism and yes. Yeah, but it's a fun watch kind yeah. of if you're in a really bad mood. <laughs> yeah, don't watch it if you're in a good mood. It, it's dark and it's twisted, but it is well done. And, yeah. and Sadly, it's pretty spot on. And I'm happy with his move to these more large scale things and, and the production. I mean, it's, this is impressive. This is what happens when a true artist actually has money. Well, and it's, it's a you know, conglomeration of like 50 other artists. Yeah, yeah. so, so he's, he's helping him. other people out as well. And he's, he's, yeah, it's a really, really cool thing. I wonder how he's doing these large scale things and not getting caught. That is interesting. I mean, obviously he didn't do it. He did it in England, I believe, right? Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is outside of... I'm, I'm sure he also has a team of lawyers working for him at this point. And makeup artists. Yeah, <laughs> that as well. <laughs> yes, and fake IDs. Yeah, so uh, we talked about how Facebook was basically trying to take over YouTube's position on video, and they were having issues because they do not have YouTube's massive system of anti-piracy built in that goes through and kind of automatically cap- captures things and marks them as, you can't use this because this is copywritten. Right, yeah. Well, apparently they've, they're rolling out a video matching technology now. Okay. They've got, the, they've got the money and the brain trust to build something like that, so yeah. about time. Well, again, it's... Not necessarily in their interest. No, it's to, not. To stop this at the moment, because they want to build their video brand. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, because, uh, you know, you're sitting there with your Apple Watch, I, I would be remiss in not letting you know that uh, there's some good news for Apple Watch. Oh, really? Even what is though it? they have not uh, released any specific figures about uh, how many they're selling, the Apple Watch has debuted at number two behind Fitbit for, uh, for wearables. Hmm. So apparently they're selling enough to... Let's see, how do they not release their numbers? But then I don't get it. Anyways, yeah, I, I have no, no idea. I don't, I don't understand I, how I didn't, this works. I don't care about the metrics on it because, yes, you it's, like a, it. it's a quote-unquote wearable, but I don't use it for fitness. Right. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know what I use for Fitbit? My Fitbit. Yeah, I know. You, you, you're, gonna, you're carrying like 17,000 things. You couldn't not wear cargo shirts if you didn't want to. <laughs> hey, I'm, just, I'm wearing my diesels today. I noticed you're not, and I am. That's kind of funny. that I'm just lying. See, it's all fake, kids. All fake. <laughs> Uh, in other Apple news, apparently September 9th is the day when we will find out about the 6S and the 6 Plus S and God knows what else is coming. Yeah, well, since I just paid to have my 6 Plus fixed, uh, I, I'm not getting a 6S Plus <clears throat> anytime soon. Now, dear Plus listeners, S. do I go out on a limb like I did with the watch and say, you heard it from me here first. Uh, if, if history shows, Jason will have a 6S or a 6 Plus S within, uh, let me up at this time, three months. Okay, well, you, I don't know. I waited. How long did I wait for the from the five S to no, the six? Yeah, I, I waited like eight months. You have actually okay. That's what that's you, what you're getting better. Off. Yeah, that's what screwed me up with the the cycle. Well, you know, I mean, the, the difference is there. The the difference between the phones these days isn't that much. It's not like the difference between the three and the four, which was pretty significant. Now it's kind of like, oh, okay, well. There you go. It's a little tiny bit faster. Well, uh, well, the difference between the 5S and the 6 Plus is night and day. But I got it for the camera mainly. But now right. that I've got this giant phone, I love it. <laughs> That's why going back to the 5S last week was so terrible. I still, I'm very happy with just my regular size 6. It was really hard to play Candy Crush Soda Saga on that little tiny screen. And the porn. Yeah, you, you can look at that stuff. You can't. You got to squint. It is at least retina. Okay. <laughs> So in, in, in final Terry Pratchett news, uh, yeah. you lucky people in England can already get the shepherd's crown and we're stuck waiting till Tuesday. Every Terry Pratchett book has been released earlier in England though, because he is British. Was British. Was, well, he still is, damn it. We don't say Newton was, well. Yeah, we I do. Guess we do. Never mind. Yeah, that's why it's called past tense, because he <sighs> ceased to be. I, 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 he's, he's in my heart and in my mind, he's never gone. In the news. The other big thing that happened on Tuesday, besides Chloe uh, Kardashian waking up all of Los Angeles, uh, the stock market crashed big time. I, I heard a little bit about this. Not a whole lot. Well, you only have a couple's Apple stock and you're not really uh, doing what I'm doing. 
No, so. no, but a, a third of my uh, my stock wealth was wiped out. <laughs> but it will come back. Yes, well, exactly, which will be my point as we talk about two of these stories. Um, there was a really good write-up on Slate called A Crystal Clear Explanation of Why Global Stocks Plummeted. And it was relatively clear. So if you are interested in these sorts of things, we're not going to get into it too much here. But it was a, it was a well-written, kind of funny, and a very comprehensive overview of why things are kind of crappy right now. Okay. Okay. Much like our show. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then the other, uh, the other article I bookmarked is, uh, if you panicked over the stock market, don't sweat it. Society's given you every reason to do so. And this basically goes into something that's kind of more our area, which is uh, basically we have an echo chamber of insanity because of social media. That I can totally understand. Yeah. So that, that completely happened. And, and the thing is, unless you're, unless you're a friend of the show, Trent, and, and you're day trading, none of this matters to you. It, it does not matter. Buy your stocks. In fact, this is a good time to buy. And, I know. Uh, this is the time I wish I had more money to lot, buy stocks. Yes. A lot of my friends were posting, oh my God, there goes the college fund, blah, 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 blah. And I was just, no, I was, relax. Actually, buy more. If you have cash, buy now. Stop thinking about it. Stop worrying about it. It will come back. This is not the end of the world. This is ups and downs. That's what happens. Relax, people. Just relax. And this is the problem with the internet. It's very easy for people to go fucking ape shit super quick and get a lot of fucking support on it and boom, 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 build, 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 build craziness. I've never seen that happen on the internet before. No, that never happens. Not at all. Especially, <laughs> as, I'm sure Justine Sacken never even thought of that. <laughs> uh, and the other thing that happened this week is uh, Spotify uh, rolled out uh, some new uh, terms of service. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you read them, they're very interesting. Basically, they said anything on your computer or on your phone, we get to keep. We get that information. We, uh, we want access to your photos, your contacts, your audio, your video, how fast you're moving, the speed of your movements, such as whether you're running, walking, or in transit, and basically anything else they could possibly get from whatever device you're using. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, a lot of these terms of services, as we've talked about before, mm -hmm. need blanket authorization to access this stuff because they're using it for other other avenues that they can use that will actually be nice for you. Like they need access to your photos if they want to, or if you want to post a photo as you share something or things like that. Right. That was a strong defense, Jason. It's not a strong defense. <laughs> uh, they should know better by now. This, they, is, this is the umpteenth well, gazillion time this has happened. Here's what kills me. So immediately Daniel, Ek, well, not immediately after he talked to about 7,000 lawyers and about 18,000 conference calls, I'm sure. But then Daniel Ek took to Spotify and blogged. Um, he wrote a, a one, a one, title blog called sorry. And the funny <laughs> thing about this is they must be using WordPress because uh, this is actually uh, the URL is sorry, sorry dash two. two. So this yeah. is the second time he's written one called sorry. Uh, and Oops. in this blog post, he basically says, sorry about that. Um, yeah, we asked for all that, but we asked for your photos, but we will never access your photos without explicit permission. We asked for your location. We will never gather that without your explicit permission. We asked for your voice. We will never access your microphone without explicit permission. We asked for your contacts. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. will never, I, you I get the point. Right? I got the point. So, I got the point. So yes, they but, asked for everything and he came back and said, well, we're never going to actually do that. We just legally have the right to do it. Well, they, that's the thing. They have to ask <laughs> your permission because most of the phones and, and all, all the OSs basically say you need to give permission to the app to do it. It's but true. you only we have are, to do that once. We are relying on, on our, basically on our operating systems to protect us at this point, to force people to say yes. Right, but you don't have to do that every time. <clears throat> it's only once. So once you give them permission once, they have carte blanche. Right. Now, in defense of, you know, opening up the privacy policy a little more, I just had a scenario. I mm -hmm. just thought of this when we were talking. Mm-hmm. For Spotify, mm -hmm. I think it would actually be great if they knew my speed, my location, and uh, yeah, speed and location pretty much cover it because it'd be nice to be able to have like you know uh, playlists that are based on if I'm going out for a jog, mm -hmm. then I, my jog playlist just starts as I start moving from a certain position until I get 400 feet from my Wi-Fi base station, and then it takes three or four minutes for the cell to connect <laughs> picture to, yes. you know to connect. But I think that would be kind of a fun feature. I would turn that on. Yeah, you were jogging five minutes ago, so therefore we'll start this playlist now. I don't also because it's so goddamn hard to hit start on a playlist. Come on, Jesus, man. Jesus, how fucking lazy. If you're a jogger, you are not that lazy. <laughs> I'm a walker. Also, the other thing that bothers me about this is uh, I'm kind of okay with this if you're free. Again, uh, things are free. You have to pay for them somehow. What if you're a premium user? If I'm paying, I don't want them to be able to access all this information. 
There, there needs to be tiers of service. If you are offering tiers of service, be it free or paid, then the privacy policies and the terms of service and what you are doing needs to also be tiered. Mm. That's a very good point. Damn right it is. But, you know. <laughs> but it'll never happen. It never happen. <laughs> <laughs> never. As per usual. A uh, little follow-up on Apple Pay, because we've been talking about that a bit. Have you started using it yet, Jason? Um, I haven't been able to get my Citibank card to, oh, right. to thing. You're because, having the Citibank issue. Yeah, because, I mean, now that, that getting the watch, ha- part of the reason I got the watch was you you pay, you know, saying Apple Pay was so great, so I can use my watch and go, ding, uh, here's some money. I've seen, I saw a very attractive commercial that made the Apple Watch actually look cool for that, where she just held her watch up and, ding, done. Right. But... Again, I don't know how that actually works because at least with the phone, you have to do the thumbprint to authorize the thing. But apparently, if you just have the watch, all you have to do is because you have because the the watch is authed with the phone, so the phone's already with me. So and my a, bet a, is a, that's a, not how it actually works. I bet you hold up your watch, it does a ding, and then you still have to get your phone and do the authorization with your thumbprint. Well, if I can ever get Citibank to get off their ass <laughs> and auth my cards, then I'll let you know. I, I do have Amex auth. Amex was like two seconds, so I might try to buy something to do on my I, Amex. Yes, try to do something. Do, for the show, try I'll to make a purchase there. with your watch, and let's see if you actually have to pull out your phone and still do the authorization, because I bet you do, and I bet that commercial's total bullshit. Okay. Anyways, the point being, they are now rolling. They've made a deal with a service called Pay Anywhere, a credit card reader serving uh, over 300,000 locations across the country. So they're expanding. This uh, Apple Pay will be everywhere. Uh, Samsung Pay, well, no real news about that. I haven't heard much about that one. Yeah, because they're probably have, finding a hard time making deals. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so well, I mean, everybody has a Samsung, but they buy them because they're cheap and they don't want to spend any money. Yeah, and they probably aren't going to be running around trying to pay with their phone. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, big news with Instagram this week. They've launched their API to allow basically anyone to put it ads in now. So uh, all those little bit of corporate sponsored ads that you've been seeing off and on on Instagram from the big people who have connections at Instagram. Well, now it's now it's game over. Everybody can do this. I'm going to we could you'll be getting a grumpy old geeks ad if we actually had any money. Yeah, I mean, what they've done is they've just made AdSense for Instagram. Yeah. That's it. Yep. so that's, uh, you know, they've been rolling it out a little bit, and people have been getting pissed off about how many ads they're starting to see. Well, you're about to see a shit ton more. Hey, man, you, if, you want, if you want to get rid of the ads, pay for it. Exactly. Oh, wait, you can't. Oh, wait, you can't, <laughs> because they know that's not a valid business model, because nobody will. That's right. Interesting. Uh, the other thing that you'll be seeing on Instagram are photos that are no longer squares. Because I, it's can, yeah. 2015. Wow, you can do portrait and landscape <laughs> and square. Ooh. Yeah. So now we'll see how many people actually know what portrait and landscape are. Uh, well, probably not many Instagram users. <laughs> no, come on, give them give them some credit. No, if they can figure it out, if they can figure out how to use the filters, then they can probably figure out what 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 what's right Nobody, side up and right side down. They don't even know what the filter names mean. They just press all the buttons until they find something that makes their thighs look pretty. Yeah, I do. What's your point? Okay. <laughs> uh, in other news, Facebook has now launched M. What the hell is this? It's bold answer, according to Wired, to Siri and Cortana. I do like the M name. It makes me think Bond. It does. It does, yeah. except I think Bond is cool, and I think Facebook is shit. So well, there's, and, there's, there's, there's your... And it's built into Messenger only, so the, hence the M. Oh, okay. It unfortunately did not come from a cool place. It just came from the first letter of the stupid app. <laughs> Uh, Instead of just cutting a few vowels, they just said, fuck it, we're going to cut the whole word. I should have just called it mess, because <laughs> I'm betting that's what it is. Would be. <laughs> Anyways, we can't see it yet. It's only rolled out in the Bay Area, of course. Of course, yeah. of course. But other interesting Facebook news. Uh, for the first time on Monday, $1 billion, one billion people <laughs> have, were on Facebook or visited Facebook during the day. That is one in seven people on the planet. That is a lot of people. That's a fuckload of people. I just, I'm still amazed that, I mean, shit, I get 300 people on my server, it goes down, <laughs> you know? I know. That's, that's some serious horsepower they right are, there. They are using some serious stuff. They're um, using the big iron. The, the fun and interesting stat that came with this is uh, there weren't even a billion cars in the world until 2010. Wow. So, yeah, this technology might be moving along a bit faster than others have. And, you know, we talked before about, you know, how some scrappy upstart could come knock them off their horse. Never going to happen yeah. at, this, at this rate. Well, in, in related news, oh, uh, over 100 people went to Elo on Monday. <laughs> Mostly to shut down their accounts. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Root Metrics put out a, a report about mobile performance in the United States. Um, I actually kind of wish I wouldn't have put this in the show notes because this is vested interest reporting. 
This is uh, basically they're, they're, they make a lot of money from the cell phone industry to put out these reports. And it does not, it's very basically focused on performance. And it basically says Verizon is kicking the shit out of everyone else, which basically we all know. Everybody knows that. So, well, I, yeah, I mean, that's not hard to really figure out. My iPad, I can take anywhere. I took it on a train in the middle of the desert and, and uploaded a podcast on it. Yeah. And I, my phone didn't work for three days, which yeah. was AT&T. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, it's a big, long report that basically runs through performance of all the different major carriers. Verizon is definitely the one to go with. But uh, what they didn't bother to do is factor in pricing or any of the crazy bullshit that everybody's trying to do now to screw you even more, like Verizon getting rid of their yearly things and all the pricing and stuff like that. I, w- I need a report based on pricing. Like, how much are you getting screwed by your carrier? And let's see which ones come out on top. So what you need is a consumer reports Exactly. Report. Have they done that? Uh, I'm sure they have. We'll look into it. <laughs> but we didn't because we were too busy looking at the Tesla Model S P85D consumer report. Yes, I actually did. And it I love the headline. It's so good it broke their system. They yeah. basically have a hundred point system. The Tesla Model S P85D, which has a great name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marketing. Uh, got a hundred and three out of a hundred. That's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> now, if I could afford one. Uh, that's the problem. They are insanely expensive. Uh, Tesla's supposed to be working on rolling out uh, consumer, like lower level consumer, decent quality pricing cars. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I, what I fear happens is everybody that has a Prius mm-hmm. will drop their Prius and move to a Tesla. And, pro- and move to the cheaper Tesla. I don't think yeah. it's going to, I still think it's going to be priced out more than, more than a Prius is. Thank God. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, hey, I got Tesla stock. I'm happy about this. They're they're knocking it out of the park with these with these cars. It's just a matter of getting them being able to build this at a lower price point, oh, which will come. come. It'll, it'll come. come. It, I mean, everything is fucking free these days. Soon cars will be too. Well, what's not free are uh, <laughs> these new Taser drones in North Dakota. This scares the fuck out of me. Yes, North Dakota actually legalized Taser drones for cops. And, and, and tear gas. You can put some tear gas on them if you want. Yeah, that's great. That's, that is awesome. Because all, like two years ago, we were all complaining about how the police got too militarized. And now we're letting them put weapons on drones. We yeah. don't even like our, our Air Force doing this. We don't like our government doing this. And now our fucking local local police in North Dakota are doing it. Well, see here, well, you know, I mean, just the dumb bum fucks up in North Dakota. Because the only people that go to North Dakota are probably running from the law to begin with. Because there's nothing up there. <laughs> So the cops up there need to go back into the hills to find these guys and, and squirrel them out. Right. But this is a, I'm, this is a bad precedent. Bad precedent. I don't think it's going to last for too long. We'll see. I tell you what, though. The mm. one thing it might do is uh, ramp up some anti-drone technology. <laughs> that is very true. Everybody might be carrying a pocket EMP soon. Mm. Business opportunity. Business opportunity. The, your, the EMP hat with a camera <laughs> just on it. Tin just foil. Sees, just sees it. You know, it's got it's got visual recognition, and it sees a drone, and then it just goes pop. I think, <laughs> and then it to, lands on your head, and you die. I think we need to market a joke one of these. I think we could make a lot of money. <laughs> right, let's Kickstarter it. That could be our first Kickstarter. All right, we'll do it. <laughs> and in in other drone news, the FAA has approved a, the commercial use of a drone paper airplane. Okay. And a helicopter pilot actually put in the paperwork to get uh, the right to fly one of those crappy little paper airplane yeah, drones. Where you attach the, the little thing to it, yeah. And the whole point of this was to just, you know, highlight the stupidity of how the FAA rules work around this stuff. He has to have, he has to have a pilot's license to fly a paper airplane with what we used to do with a rubber band, a stick, and a little propeller. Yeah, it is a little bit ridiculous. I mean, the government's just, things are moving too fast. For, for government to keep up with, and personally, I think for even us to keep up with. Uh, Not I, us. I mean, our show's fucking great. We're right on top of things, but in general. Government just might be going too slow. You think? No, uh, maybe. Okay. Hey, uh, we got a black man. What? Maybe we'll get a woman next. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. At least, no, we, woman's fine, just not that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, off the no politics. politics. Off the politics. <laughs> Uh, and in ad news, like we said, we were going to mention before, but we've been talking about ads the whole show. It seems, mm-hmm. um, this is, this is ad Mageddon or the ad apocalypse. Uh, oh. Nothing. We haven't been talking about that. <laughs> it's not like we haven't said this is coming. Yep. yep. It's, it's just taken everybody else a couple years to get behind it. Howard Stern has just found the ad blocking plugins for his, uh, browser. And okay. 
Now, millions of people know about it because millions of people don't listen to our show. They listen, they listen to Howard, to Howard Stern because he's, yeah. he's entertaining. Um, <clears throat> and now, there you go. Game over. It's out there. And Google mm-hmm. makes it official today. Chrome will freeze Flash add-ons on site on September 1, which means if you're running a Flash ad network, you're done. <laughs> you're, you're out of business. You should have been out of business a long time ago, but True. let's be honest, yes. you know. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I wish Howard Stern would discover one password. Security? Ha! Since it is so amazingly hot here, I am literally soaked to the bone. We are just going to do one quick thing on security this week, and we're just going to talk about Ashley Madison. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, have, we, have, just, we have a few stories, but I think generally, Brian, what we can sum up with is, told you so. Told you so. <laughs> uh, everything I've said about this when the story hit, I was right about. Yeah. Every and, single thing. And uh, even John McAfee, who's come out and he said uh, that the database was stolen by a lone female who worked for Avid Life and has been trying to prove it. This, that it all jives. Everything Figures jives. It was an inside job, much like I'm pretty sure we all agree Sony was too. Yes. Inside job. Inside uh, job. Pissed off employees. Total scam. Complete scam. The site was a scam from day one. The stats on, on females in the database were already tiny to begin with. 99% of those tiny amount of women to men ratio, completely dead accounts, or employees that were forced to basically interact with people pretending to be women, or just other dudes pretending to be women. Yeah, it's usually dudes pretending to be yeah. women. No, but there, was a, there were a few employees, and I, I actually don't have that uh, in the show notes, but I, I was reading that. There were two to three employees that have come out from Ashley Madison that said, uh, they were women, that said that basically their job wasn't to do this, but they were forced to basically go in and become different female accounts and interact with men. Yeah, and that's for, for sites like this, this is not mm-hmm. unusual. Yeah. I worked for one for a, <laughs> for a couple of years, and I know this to be true, and that's why I had my desk as far away from the door as possible, because at one point somebody was going to figure out he was talking to Carlos from, you know, <laughs> from Juarez, and he was going to come in with a shotgun because he was in love with somebody else. And yeah. That person did not have a penis. So listen up, you ladies that looked up uh, your, your partner's, your, your dude's email address in those databases. They were paying for a bullshit fantasy. They weren't boning anyone. Yeah. I, I think it. Yeah. I think that is the, the, you know, the one thing that we can take away from Ashley Madison is nobody actually got laid. No one got laid. A lot of fucking money. No one got laid. But a lot of people are getting fucked because the lawsuits are going to be coming fast and furious. The other thing I immediately called as soon as I heard about this story is there are going to be class action lawsuits up the wazoo against this company and they're starting to roll out. Oh, man, every <laughs> every scumbag lawyer on the planet just started drooling when he saw this this news come out. He's hey. like... Hey, I, I, again, what I said to an unnamed doctor day of the story was, I think it's fair that, that the homepage for Ashley Madison was covered with the security certificates, the, the promises of your data will never be released. You are safe. You are secure. That's false advertising. That is a class action lawsuit right there. Well, that, and the fact that the people that paid to now have I wish the, I signed up yeah, now part the, of this damn thing. Yeah. And the, well, I, the problem is they're not going to have any money to pay anybody out. No, and I saw the CEO resign today, so I'm betting he's on a jet somewhere yep. with no extradition treaties. Yeah. And where no one can touch his money. So, so kids. Scam. Scam. And- if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Not and- that this is necessarily a too good to be true situation. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of <laughs> fucked up, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. There's not a site that you can sign up to get your dick sucked. Uh- Sorry. <laughs> There's just not. There, well, were, there were, but it was called Craigslist. And well, it's, there's Grinder. I suppose that would do the job. Anyways. Okay, you're going, you're going down the wrong rabbit hole here. I, all I wanted to say was, we told you so. This yeah. is what was going to happen. Uh, nailed it from... Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody nailed anything. Comment of the week. Last week, I mentioned the German term schadenfreude, which is uh, enjoyment of other people's misery. I just wanted to bring that to mind before I read our... First five-star rating on iTunes from BG Nickname, uh, title being, If someone said this about me, I'd blush. Great show if you've been around tech for a while. Good info slash tips. Sharp observations with a bit of black humor about the latest, greatest thing. Great reviews and pickups, but most of all, great attitude. Irreverent, intelligent, and funny. Interesting, up-to-date, with just the right touch of Welchmiss. 
which is German. This is another beautiful thing. This is why I'm German. It's a word that basically means a feeling of melancholy and world weariness. Now, you see. <laughs> what is, a this, great language. It and is, I'm but it's not. Born it's, German. It's not why you're German. You just came, became German and then <laughs> you, you, came, you came out German. It's I, not like you had a choice. There was no option. Um, uh, thank you very much for the review and thanks for dropping the German, especially a great word like that that, again, has no direct English translation. Um, and very funny because, uh, you know, most of all, great attitude. That is something that no one has ever said about me. Not a teacher, <laughs> not. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much. Uh, that was from uh, Grumpy Old Geeks. Or that was from iTunes.com. From so iTunes. now we're going to our, our comments from GrumpyOldGeeks.com. This comes from Dan Pick. Mm. Hi, geeks. I know you're busy, guys, but I have a request. I love science fiction, but as an even older geek, it's hard to sift through the all the mass stuff to find the good reads. <laughs> Recently, I liked Wool. And the Atlantis saga, hmm, you okay. can't trust the Hugo Awards anymore. So would it be possible to put together a top 25 list of books you each like or the top books in each genre? Your show notes are great, but there's simply links and give no explanation why they even are on the list. It could be a crappy read. Thanks. Uh, well, it's a good idea. Time is an issue there, but... We we only put the links on the show notes because we actually talk about it on the show. Yeah, the point so. is to get you to come and listen to the show, <laughs> yeah. uh, in which we do discuss it. I do like this idea of putting together a, a top twenty five list of of like books, like the sci fi thing. I mean, I've started writing the Dune reviews, uh, but what I'm finding is that it takes a lot of time. Um, but you don't really have a job anymore, so oh uh, yeah, <laughs> get actually, to it, man. that's ramping up a bit because I. I am getting work right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I would like to do at least, uh, let, me, let me finish the Dune thing. Uh, I'll try to get that done in the next two weeks or so, and we'll publish that. And then maybe I'll go back and do like my top 10 sci-fi series of all time. I was going to say, I'll, I'll do a top 10. Okay. I, I, can't, I cannot commit to 25. <laughs> yeah, let's do, why don't we both write up a top 10 sci-fi? Uh, and we're not going to do like more than a paragraph in terms of writing about why we like whatever. Um, you know, we wax rapazotic on the show about about these books when we do read them. So uh, we'll and, put together yeah. a quick list uh, and a little bit about it, but keep listening to our At the Library segments. Yeah, definitely. It's That's where we really get in deep on them. And the thing about a top 10 list or any kind of list is what we found out is they keep shifting. Because yeah, they do. I tell you what, The Martian came out of nowhere and would have knocked off number 10 in a heartbeat, no matter what it was. Well, I'm, I'm going to be dropping seven eaves in my top 10, and that, that's brand new. Yeah, you know, that, that I, sits right up there with like Dune and the Foundation and things like that. Seven Eves was that damn good. See, it, uh, I need to. I think I need to go back and and read it again because I really liked it. It'd be top twenty five, but not top ten. Mm, I think. Mm, yeah. See okay. now again already. Do we just do books? Do we do series? Uh, it's so complicated. <laughs> so complicated. <laughs> uh, our next comment comes from Jake Frechette. Love the show, and it's one of my top three now in the precedence of podcasts to listen to each week. I was listening to your bit about the fastest ships and wanted to comment on the Millennium Falcon. At the risk of exposing my inner geek, a bit late for that, I wanted to explain why Han explains how fast his ship by referencing a unit of distance. Bit of wording missing there. If you go into the expanded universe, they explain that the Kessel Run skirts multiple black holes in order to avoid detection. Ships with higher top speeds are supposedly able to better resist the gravity forces of the black holes. So it's like a slingshot effect, I'm guessing. Uh, therefore, ships with higher top speeds can move closer to the black holes and shave distance off the entire trip. Now, I don't know how much speed you would actually help you when you get closer to a black hole, but otherwise, this seems to make sense. Keep up the great work. Wow, that was super geeky. That was super geeky. And what this tells me, though, is that they got called out for using the wrong unit of measure in the, in the first movie yep. and went back and literally came up with this explanation to, <laughs> to counteract their flub. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a revisionist history as far as I'm concerned. Wow. But, but thank you for the, the explanation <laughs> because I, I found that fascinating. Uh, yeah, well, and it does actually make technical sense. The <laughs> slingshot effect. It was well, then, in use in many sci-fi stories. Oh, yes, yes. In, including in, in, 2001. But, but the, the whole point was getting closer to the black hole so you do shave the distance. and mm -hmm. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. Revisionist, right. but good. Okay. So a uh, friend of the show, Lawrence Lee, writes in, and this is just a statement, which I love. <laughs> Lee's Law. In years to come, the rate at which things go wrong will double every 18 months. Sounds about right. All right, Lee. Thank you for that <laughs> Thank one. you, Lee. 
Uh, thank you all. So please do go visit uh, visit us on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Please tell a friend, and please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG and help support the show. Ready, please. At the library. I finished Peter Klein's Ex-Heroes. All right. What'd you think? Not only did I finish it, I'm halfway through Expatriates. I knew it. I knew you were going to jump into the next one. They're good. They're, they're really good. Um, Sanderson's, uh, this is a step up in terms of the superhero kind of stories. Uh, grittier, darker, real human interactions and real human frustrations, not just a... Uh, uh, Sanderson's was kind of more written from the perspective of, say, I, I don't remember how old the main character was, 18, 19. He was falling, a kid, was a kid, a kid yeah. falling in love. Uh, these are adults. These are adults dealing with the end of the world and the insanity of finding out that you have superpowers and then also creating a society with regular people, the frustrations the regular people have with the people that have superpowers, the fears that these people are going to leave them and not take care of them. Real political dynamics. It's good. It's good. I, I told you, man, I was really happy when I, when I discovered this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved X heroes. Um, I'm really enjoying expatriates right now. Cause it's getting even darker and more involved and more crazy. It was interesting. Cause I was reading some of the Amazon reviews of expatriates before I bought it. And a lot of people didn't like it. Um, I don't know why I'm really enjoying it. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I don't know why either. Yeah. But, uh, all of that's going to get thrown by the wayside because I've received notification that my signed, First, first, uh, first edition hardcover of Secondhand Souls by Christopher Moore is in the mail and should be arriving any day. Excellent. I'm so excited. <laughs> so uh, are you going <laughs> to stop reading uh, the Peter Klein's books to go straight to Christopher Moore? Or are you going to have to go stop in the middle? Are you going to have to stop in the middle of a Peter Klein's book to read a Christopher Moore book to then stop in the middle of the Christopher Moore book to read the Terry Pratchett book? The Terry Pratchett book I'm going to put on hold. Okay, uh, I, I'm going to wait on that one because I know that's it, and I'm going to want to savor it. I will stop the expatriates as soon as secondhand as soon as secondhand soul shows up. I'm tearing into that immediately. Now, the other thing I'm reading, though, by your suggestion, uh, is I'm also working through Over Success by Jim Rubens, which we talked about last week, and I think we're going to wait to talk about this until I finish. And I know you're not quite done yet either. It's good though. But it's that's, really that's good. Gotta, it's all going by the wayside when the Christopher Moore book shows up. That's first. Yeah, so I'm guessing uh, that'll <laughs> take a couple weeks for the Oversuccess one. But um, Secondhand Souls, I will read that in three days. That's a nice thing about Christopher Moore books is they, they are fast reads. They're fast reads, and I will stay up all night. Uh, that's the other thing. I can't put them down. No, neither can I. Yeah. So hopefully they're releasing an audio version at the same time. So you can listen to it. Well, yeah, because then I have the same characters from the first time I listened to it. Okay. Yeah, fuck you. So on mm-hmm. on a more on a more heady mindset, mm-hmm. I got to interview uh, Dr. Carol Dweck this week for my mm-hmm. day job, and I've covered her book Mindset: uh, The New Psychology of Success on this show before. Mm-hmm. But since I just talked to her this week, and she turned out to be an, a lovely woman, incredibly smart clinical psychologist who's mm-hmm. based in science and research. Um, just if if you're into anything about getting smarter. <laughs> Check out this book. It's called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. It's linked in the show notes, and it's a fun read. And I have to say, out of all that new age kind of hippie crap, this didn't fit into it. And I took the the lessons in this book, and it's what let me do the change to pivot into the podcasting stuff that got me my new job. All right. So it, it actually works. Well, did you ask her about what she thinks about listening to books instead of actually reading them? No, because this one I actually read. Oh, interesting. <laughs> this one I read on my Kindle, so bite me. Okay. Media Candy. So I've got a couple of podcasts that I really dig, and I haven't had much time to listen to podcasts recently, but in my, in my copious free time, I've been catching up. And I want to point out two of them this week. One was Hello Internet, uh, number 45, Technobabble. Mm-hmm. There's a great discussion on the episode about how people stealing professional YouTubers content actually affects their bottom line with numbers. And it was a, it was a really good discussion that really kind of got into the nuts and bolts by two guys, uh, Brady Heron and CGP gray mm-hmm. who actually do make a living off of it and rely on that income. Right. So if you're into that kind of thing, check it out. 
That sounds very interesting. And the second one was Cortex number 11, right. uh, 0% entertaining with, again, CGP Grey and Mike Hurley. And on this one, they talk about what it would take to start from scratch to become a YouTube uh, professional. And it was interesting because Gray was very much of the mind that you can actually, if you put your mind to it and have great content, can move up the ladder in a fairly decent amount of time and, and become a professional at YouTube videos faster than you could five years ago because the, the, the user base has grown so much. And they had a lot of numbers to back up a lot of their, their mm-hmm. stances. And if you're interested in starting a podcast, which you should never do, um, they had a lot of good background on that too. Right. So both of those uh, episodes are going to be linked in the show notes. I'm still going through Cortex, but I listened to half of it on the way here. I think I want to listen to that one, and I think we should talk about it next week because I, I already have questions. Okay. And you and I may or may not disagree. I don't know. You don't like listening to words through your ears, so it might not be as good. Maybe we I can get a like transcript and you can read it. Books through my ears. <laughs> I'm totally fine with podcasts. Anyways. Um, I ran across a really great article this week that, that I like for multiple reasons. Um, I was a fan of Sinead O'Connor as a kid. I, I listened to a lot of her music. It was in my wheelhouse. It was kind of that gothy punk thing. Um, and the first girl that I ever dated was really into her. So I got, of course, very into Sinead O'Connor. Uh, later in my life, uh, when I was starting out my career doing, doing this web stuff for, for bands, I actually worked with Sinead and got to know her pretty well. Uh, worked with her for a number of years. Um, I really like her. She's a great person. Uh, what I like about her is what a lot of other people don't like about her is uh, there's no bullshit. She says what she feels no matter what. If that involves tearing up a picture of the Pope because she's pissed off about the way, by the way, who ended up being right about that? I have no idea. No, uh, Sinead was. There were mass. I mean, all the scandals with the Catholic Church throughout. The, I mean, yeah, we got, we got a good Pope right now, apparently. But she was right. Uh, we got to, a pope on a rope. We got a pope on a rope. Uh, to her recent thing, you know, online that uh, there's she just doesn't shut up, and I like that about her. I like the fact that she is not afraid of a fight or a controversy. And I know on, on her last one, you did definitely do a forehead slap. You're like Sinead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but doing? but she's still the fact that she just does it. Mm-hmm. I she, there's no pretense. It's no Kardashian handling of her image. It is just what it is. So that's what I like. Um, so this guy, Ed Power, who, who is a, uh, reviewer, uh, for a living, he reviews music and he writes for a number of different people, uh, wrote a pretty much on a pretty positive review of her last, uh, her last album. I'm not bossy. I'm the boss. Uh, he called it a return to form. She took umbrage with that and called him directly. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) But no, this was good. He was, this, this article is, is a great read. I really suggest everybody read it. It's linked in our show notes. Uh, And he talks about the whole process of the, of these calls. And then she basically bet him. I don't think you understand what I'm doing and what I am as an artist. So if you go and listen to my entire discography and rate every single song that you like and the ones that you don't, and then we'll talk about it. And if you haven't changed your mind about my music, then I'll buy you a Happy Meal. So it's a bet for a Happy, <laughs> happy Meal. That's awesome. Uh, to go back and listen to the entire thing. And now he, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not yeah, going to give say, you the don't, No spoilers. Because it, this is a very fun read. Uh, but the really interesting thing about this article to me is, is when he did this, he started to realize how how we listen to music has changed since we were kids. And this is something I 100% agree with. Uh, let me just read this one quote from him directly. Uh, but along such insights, other stuff, the experiment carried, carried with it a sense of deja vu. In my youth, this was how I listened to music, obsessing over a record until I was sure I had cracked its secrets. The contrast with my present-day regime of semi-engaged Spotify browsing was striking. I'd forgotten the joy of delving into the darkest seams of a performer's discography and discovering those not-quite-perfect album tracks, which were delightful precisely because they had not been polished within an inch of their existence. Spending quality time with O'Connor's lesser-known songs reminded me of the beauty of imperfection. Motherfucking yeah. (laughs) Yep. And that is the difference. That is why I hate Spotify. I don't engage with music like I used to. I love that a a professional music reviewer realized I don't listen to music right anymore. Well, I mean, yeah, we've talked about this so many times on mm-hmm. the show about how how we used to get the albums and listen to them and sit down yeah. because your record player 
couldn't go on your smartphone and come with you. So you <laughs> no. had to sit in the living room and listen to it. You, you couldn't throw on a track, walk for three minutes, take off your headphones because you had to stop and talk to someone, throw them back on. Now you've missed two minutes of the song. Mm-hmm. All of these things. Uh, it's Music is just, uh, music is meant to be, well, not the shit that most people listen to. That's why this crap is so popular. It's throwaway. Uh, what we've lost is the deeper stuff. And not to beat a dead horse, those mm. damn sure headphones that I got have re-engaged <laughs> me with, with taking time sitting down and listening to music in a very nice way. It, it's really good to go back to that. And uh, I've done that with a couple bands recently. I mean, I've done it, uh, I've been starting to listen to a lot of The Cure recently, or even new bands. Like I found that band Cold Case that I talked about last week. Uh, you know, just sitting here with, with the headphones, or I've got these really nice uh, studio monitors in front of me. And instead of listening to things while I'm coding, just taking five minutes, rolling back in my chair, cranking the sound and listening to a full track, doing nothing but listening. It's, it's great. It is nice. Yeah. Very nice. Mm. But what might not be so nice, Mm. Galaxy Quest might be being turned into a TV series. I'm guessing not the original cast. Oh God, no. Of course. No. Some of them couldn't, they could never afford and some of them are just too old and some of them probably don't act anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but because the original movie was one of the best movies ever made. Oh, as it's far hilarious. As I was concerned. Yeah. And, but turning it into a TV series could go really right or really wrong. That's the problem here. It could go either way. I'm excited and terrified at the same time. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I mean, it could be very funny. It's all about, it's going to all be about the casting. It really is because, uh, you got to have some good people. You it's, it's a comedy. Comedy requires funny people and good writing and good writing. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's going to take both. Yeah. We'll honestly. see. I don't know. You can yeah. have a great cast and a crappy writer or a crappy writer. And I just said the same thing backwards. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder how much money they have left over after they dropped off all the bags of monies at the top gear guys. Oh man. And if they put enough money into this and they pay the right people and they get good people, it could be good. Uh, indeed. So uh, another thing I just want to do a quick chat about, which we will definitely talk about in future shows, is Mr. Robot, because everybody's talking about it. Yeah. I finally sat down last night and watched the first episode, mm-hmm. and all I wanted to do was go to sleep when I turned it on, but I'm like, I really just want to check this out. Like 10 minutes into it, I was like sitting up in bed with my iPad just going, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I got to watch this. Amazing. Right. So at least, at least the first episode was. I haven't gotten much farther than that. It's a little cheesy in parts, but it's a lot less cheesy in other parts. And it's, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of it. But if you haven't checked out Mr. Robot so far, give it a watch on like at least episode one Mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll, we'll dive into it. I can guarantee by next week, I will have seen everything except maybe the finale because they pulled the finale because of the events in Virginia, which kind of tells you what might be happening in the finale. Yeah. Spoiler (laughs) alert. Uh, Yeah. I, I will, I will. I'll have watched it at least once. So we'll definitely talk about it because I believe uh, the friends from Sweden are dropping this off for me. <laughs> well, it's on TV here. It's not a, it's not a hard thing to find. Hmm. Of the week. Okay. Just like the old days, we have planes in the background. So, cause we're back in Santa Monica. So, so let those slide, please. It's, it's a really hot day. It is very hot. We have to keep windows open and fans on during breaks. Uh, I found three morons this week. Three. I, three. What about, uh, Chloe Kardashian, doesn't she count as four? I don't know. Okay. She's always, I mean, it's just, okay. That's not, uh, that's not are, of the week. That's Kardashians just... are a given. Um, so is Amanda Palmer. She's my first one. And I was kind of hoping you had read this one, Jason, uh, you haven't because you've defended her in the past after having read her book. Uh, she's on medium now. No, no. And let me oh, just say, no. note, this is my first piece of writing on medium. I'm really happy to be here. I think this platform and community of writers slash thinkers is fantastic. Hi, everyone here. Hi, everyone. Because God forbid Amanda Palmer not show up at any, any technology thing that's getting any sort of traction to not promote herself. And I love that she shows up naked. She is naked about 17 times in this article. She's oh, posted really? a n- number of nude photos of her because, you know, whatever. That's what she does. Uh, the title is, No, I'm Not Crowdfunding This Baby, an open letter to a worried fan. I'm fucking sick of open letters. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I love the subtitle. How I'm slightly terrified of the oncoming mix of motherhood and art, dot, 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 and how judging and terrifying me further isn't going to help me. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Somebody's not happy with her. And now she has to write an open letter and complain about it. This whole thing fucking pissed me off so much. I'm just leaving it here. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I fucking hate her. (laughs) 
I don't want you to I'm talk so about her anymore her. either. <laughs> All right, moving on, since you didn't read it, so we can't fight about it. Um, I ran into this article also on Medium, and I believe it was written by somebody in the company. Uh, is the worst press release I've ever read in my life. Uh, it's a new startup called Unify, and they'll pay your internet bill for free. Oh, they want your data. They will collect every single bit of data ever in exchange for giving you online access for free. So they will literally own you. But don't worry, because this is a good press release written to say, you're already giving this data away anyway, so why not just give it to us? Oh, what could go wrong there? What could there? possibly go wrong with this? <laughs> Fuck you guys. Oh my God, that's ridiculous. Uh, there's no date for when Unify is going to officially launch, but you can sign up to get notified of any updates. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Yeah, and the last uh, moron of the week that I found uh, crossed my Facebook path. A friend a friend of mine actually posted it saying, Cocaine Much? As the title, which is very <laughs> funny. Uh, it is a Craigslist ad for a webmaster intern slash partner for a new business development firm in the Santa Clarita area. Uh, when I tried to bring up the, uh, the URL, it had unfortunately been taken down, shockingly. Uh, but we did find it on the Wayback Machine, so the entire post in full, and boy is it long, but boy is it worth the read, uh, is up in our show notes. So I highly urge you to go read this. Um, this is the best thing I've ever read in my entire life. This is better than the, the, uh, the things that went viral about the musicians being asked to come play for free, and then the responses about, how about you cook for me for free forever? And this it's funny, good. yeah, the URLs that are listed in the article are gone, too. So he must have gotten shamed off the internet. I, I'd hope so. This was an absolutely ridiculous post, but it is the best thing ever. And this is uh, not terribly... I, I've basically been approached by people with very much the same idea. Come work for me completely for free and give me all of your knowledge. That's pretty much it. And yeah. But uh, well, there, was, there were a couple of good points in here, though. Mm. Pull up, pull up a couple of those because they were just they were they were gems. Oh, there was there was actually just, you can just you can just grab a random paragraph and start reading. All right, you are a healthy eater, environmentally friendly, and progressive minded. Okay, so that's first off. Uh, you are incredibly ambitious and have a desire to generate enormous success and wealth. Um, by the way, anybody that is incredibly ambitious and has a desire to generate enormous success and wealth isn't going to come work for free. For free, because <laughs> that's well, I've kind of learned that's not a way to generate wealth. Working for free. Uh, it doesn't go that way. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's an 18 points of uh, requested qualifications of which if you knew half of these, uh, you would never work for free. Um, it's, just, it's all so good. I don't even know. Okay, we're done. We're yeah, done. Yeah, just we, go, we gotta, go read you got to read the whole damn thing. There's just so much. It'll be at the end of our show notes. That'll yes. be at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 125. I kind of wish we had talked a little bit about over success the, this week, but we'll do it next week because this kind of tied into it a little bit. Um, I've been kind of scaling back a bit on work and, and enjoying it um, and not going crazy next week's discussion. Uh, I've ran across an article on Lifehacker, the top 10 highly desired skills you can teach yourself. Now this is pretty cool. I kind of want to go through and like basically spend about six months on all 10 of these, like uh, just six months learning to do this, six months learning to do that. All of these are great life skills. And all of these are things I'm really interested in doing. And um, it's really interesting. And and it, with the internet these days and with the bevy of free or very low priced options out there, you can pick up all this stuff pretty easy. Yeah. I'm just amazed that you're still looking at lifehacker.com. Well, you know. Do they still do this? Uh, apparently, they still do some kind of interesting stuff. Well, yes, this article is very interesting. Well, you, you only have nine of them because number one is yeah, one website. Well, one I took care of already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one that one's sorted. But uh, it's a good little list, and um, it's really interesting. And I, I, this is the kind of tough stuff I want to spend my life doing, not working my ass to the bone for no reason. Hello, homeless guy. Hello, homeless guy. <laughs> he's working his he's working his fingers to the bone trying to get some bottles to recycle. He is too. Uh, and I ran across another article called The Most Timeless Songs of All Time. This is a big data Spotify thing, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, using Spotify to measure the popularity of older music. By older, they mean the generation of music that we grew up in, which is a little sad. But, uh, and he's a big fan of No Diggity by Blackstreet, because apparently this song does very well on Spotify. 
Uh, it's a very long article, but it's really, really super interesting. And I love, I love when big data is used this way to find out what people are listening to using the streaming media to find out what songs from the nineties are the most popular. And, um, just a huge shout out to friends of the show, the Goo Goo Dolls, because, uh, Basically, Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls is the number one song from the 90s. Wow. Um, it, it is kicking ass. I hear that song everywhere I go. Uh, it, yeah, it's insane. And when you scroll through all this stuff, and I mean, well, I mean, the, the most popular song is Smells Like Teen Spirit. You can't beat that. But after that, second, Iris. Wow. And uh, you start to see, it's really interesting because you see the artists that maybe are going to be forgotten and kind of dropped off and, and versus the songs that are just never going to go away. Yeah, because what we're really kind of dealing with here is music that is older that kids are listening to. Yes. Because most of the people are that are on Spotify are younger. So exactly. This these, is like what's going to tell what's going to last the test of time. You these, know? these are the kids that from that weren't around in the '90s, and these are the songs that they're finding and listening to from that generation. Cool. So uh, this is actually really fascinating. Very, the whole article is absolutely fantastic. It's it's really worth the read. Um, it's especially if you're our age, because it's interesting to see what the kids think about the music that we were listening to. And we actually did make some good music back. Yes, then. we did. And, and some of these songs are just very popular. And, and then later in the article, it's uh, it gets to some hypothetical mathematics about current tracks and current artists that are very popular and, ch- and kind of charting how well they played over time, just in the limited time period that these things have been out. Will they last as long? Will, will any of these songs, will Lords Royals or Daft Punks get lucky be an Iris? Well, in 10 years, will people still be listening to these songs? Oh, God, I hope not. I, I don't mind Get Lucky. It's not bad. I actually really like Royal. Huh? I like Lord. She's pretty good. Lana Del Rey can go away. Robin Thicke can go away. Are you kidding me? Loving. We're getting ramen, Jason. I'm getting hungry. I, well, that's why I want to finish this shit and get out of here. All right. Well, you know. Are you kidding me? Uh, Because of the Banksy thing that made me think about Disneyland, I did a little Googling. I found a nice little article because I grew up there uh, from the LAS, 10 Disneyland urban legends, some of them true. I heard all of these growing up in Anaheim and hanging out Disneyland all the time, and I will just read them to you, and you can go read the article to find out if they're true or not. No one can die at Disney. Are there secret rooms? Okay, I'll give you a teaser. Yes. There are. Would you like me to chime in on these to see if I can guess them right? Oh, sure. Actually, no, 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 because then it'll just ruin it for the readers. Okay. Uh, Walt's frozen head is supposedly at Disneyland. Interesting. Uh, The haunted mansion scared someone to death. I've heard that. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's a dead body at Disneyland, apparently, as part of the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. I've heard that one, too. That one's bullshit. Uh, (laughs) Teasers. Abandoned Disney properties around the world. Never heard that where one. Where they bought stuff and were going to develop new parks, and then they just kind of let them go. That would make sense, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, the Disneyland cats. Tons of cats that live in the park, and they're actually tolerated to control the rodent problem. Huh. Long-haired hippie people need not apply back in the 60s. Actually, that, as anybody who's ever worked at Disneyland knows or gone to Disneyland knows, that is very true because uh, you're a cast member, and there are specific uh, things that you agree to in terms of your look. So that one's not so bad. They control your mind through sense. <laughs> okay. You laugh at that one, Jason. Go read it. Go read it. And Disney character actors used to share underwear. Oh, yuck. Mm, yes, lovely. Yeah, so that's a great article. And uh, five artifacts that will shatter your image of the Middle Ages. This came from crack.com, which occasionally has some pretty good stuff. I really like this read. It was a lot of fun. Uh, basically, they go back and find artifacts and various different artworks that came out of the middle ages and point out how incredibly fucking insane they are. Uh, flying penis badges. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Uh, the, the, there's this one particular artist that just did these really creepy ponies that definitely look like they want to bone the hell out of you. <laughs> they're, they're frightening. Yeah, it uh, puts the bronies to shame. Yeah. That is the original brony, a uh, wound man, which I love all uh, different artworks throughout the middle ages that basically illustrated all the different kinds of wounds you can get in battle, presumably for field doctors or their version of, Oh my God, that's uh, so disgusting. Well, yeah. It's at- amazing. Isn't <laughs> it's it crazy? Uh, the most confusing book of revelation ever made by there's this one particular artist uh, that did a version of the book of revelation and the artwork is phenomenally bizarre. 
I, this is just great stuff. Yeah, but my favorite is Henry VIII's horned helmet. Yeah, that's pretty awesome too. That thing is pretty crazy. It's kind of like a it's it's like Robotech before there were uh, uh, steampunk. So I, yeah, steampunk. steampunk before there was steampunk. I mean, this is the beginning. Wow. Yeah, this is good stuff, man. Uh, yeah, you got to see these pictures. You, this, mm-hmm. you can't do this justice by our description. Well, that's why it's uh, well, it's not the web's not dead. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to wrap this puppy yeah, up. Yeah, I'm hungry. I'd like to make a nice shout out to central air conditioning because today's show is brought to you by not Brian's sweaty balls because he's got nice underwear, my sweaty balls because I wear Hanes and they suck. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry about the lack of air conditioning here. It's nice. Most of the time I would like to give a shout out to Sennheiser and my noise reduction headphones, which I put in five minutes into the fucking 15 minute Chloe Kardashian fucking fireworks show at midnight on Tuesday. Thanks a lot, bitch. And they actually worked? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> they did. I, I went to sleep after that. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> the power of Sennheiser. Oh, these are good headphones, man. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and you can check me out at jpd.me. And I'm Brian Schillmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at SlenderFungus. Until next time, where it will be cooler and uh, hopefully a little less noisy in the background. Hopefully. Grumpy Old Geeks is a fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and five stars or tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by the band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal, and Apple Music, and wherever music is sold. Or you can donate through the Grumpy Old Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG to get 10 exclusive tracks. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Stochansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy, and he's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 125. My little brony, my little brony.